Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This week, we have the privilege of sharing an interview that our host Dan Moore did with Joseph Mariano, CEO of the Direct Selling Association. This interview aired on Joseph's podcast, CEOs in Focus, and he has been so kind to let us share it with you. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Mariano at the Direct Selling Association. Welcome to another edition of our DSA CEO in Focus podcast. I am so pleased today to to be able to chat with really somebody I consider a friend and a colleague and, and somebody I've known now for many, many years in a variety of capacities, all related to direct selling. That's Dan Moore. Uh, Dan is president of Southwestern Advantage. Dan, welcome. We're really happy to have you on our CEO and Focus podcast. Thank you, Joe. Honored to be here with you. Well, you know, Dan, we were just chatting a little bit before we uh, went on the air, so to speak, about uh, everything that uh, we're going to talk about today. So let's get right into it. I want to talk about you a little bit. I've always found you to be a really interesting, interesting fellow. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, what your interests are, and then how that uh, led you to getting involved in Southwestern. But, but who are you, Dan Moore? Well, I appreciate that question. I always worry when somebody says interesting because it reminds me of Samuel Johnson's famous critique about a book where he said, this book is original and interesting. Unfortunately, the part that's interesting is not original, and the part that's original is not interesting. (laughs) Uh, Well, my background is is pretty straightforward. I actually grew up in northern New Mexico uh, and had an English teacher that was one of those early influences in life that said, you need to apply out of state. And she insisted under, under pain of flunking me from AP English that I had to apply to Harvard. And so because back in those days you could intimidate students with impunity, I believed her. And so I applied to Harvard and much to my shock was admitted to go up there. And that ended up being extremely important, not only because of the privilege of being at Harvard, but that's where I learned about direct selling. So that background so tell me is about your- uh, pretty simple. Tell me about your your Harvard uh, experience. Uh, not everybody gets to do that, obviously. Uh, it's the, the most prestigious school in the in the nation, presumably. Uh, what was that like for you coming out of New Mexico and going up there, as you say, unexpectedly? Uh, it was massively intimidating because mm-hmm. even though objectively I had the qualifications to be there and somebody in the admissions office thought I should go there, uh, I immediately developed a big inferiority complex, the, the feeling mm-hmm. that somehow a mistake had been made Everybody was smarter, wealthier, more sophisticated, better traveled, better looking. And as happens often with a lot of freshmen who don't really know who they are yet, I really fell into some terrible habits and some behaviors that were really not very appealing or very attractive at all. Mm. And fortunately, about February or so or January of that year, I remember saying, I'm backing away from challenges. This this is not like me. I'm, I'm scared of my own shadow and something's wrong here. And I remember making a decision that said, whatever the next big challenge is that come along, I've got to take it. Whether I fail or not, doesn't matter. I have got to take the next big challenge to break me out of this rut. And it was only a week or two later that uh, a student who was a senior at Harvard approached me in the dining hall and said, hey, you a freshman by any chance? I'm a senior. Mind if I join you? 
And that young man is named Marty Fritzen, and he ended up becoming my, my team leader or student manager with Southwestern Advantage. He was going into his fourth summer and just asked me what my plans were. And at that time, they were completely unformed. And he said, well, if you want to hear about a different option, it's very unusual, it's very challenging, but it could be the best thing you've ever done. So I sat down and took a look at it, didn't make an immediate decision, had to ponder it, told all my friends about it, and they immediately said, direct selling, door-to-door, are you out of your ever-loving mind? And so I got so much criticism and not a single shred of encouragement that I decided I wasn't going to do it. But Marty was politely persistent, invited me to a meeting where I could meet the district sales leader, Jim Calder. And it was pretty clear meeting Jim Calder, Marty Fritz, and, and another manager named Sam Wee, that they all were going places with their lives that were really good, constructive, and positive. And I needed to latch myself around people like that. So I got involved in direct selling when I was 18 years old, and I've been with Southwestern Advantage, just finished my 46th year. So it's been a long and wonderful journey and a real privilege. Amazing, amazing. Is is there, was there a large Southwestern community out, out of Harvard? At the time, there was just Marty and Sam were the only two uh, team leaders, student leaders. By the time I graduated, we had about 30 coming out three years okay. later. So we built wow. a really substantial group of wonderful men and women. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, tell us a little bit about Southwestern. Uh, obviously, one of the oldest, the oldest really company in, in direct selling in the United States. Um, but still, maybe some people aren't as familiar with it as, as they might be. So tell us a little bit about Southwestern. Well, we would love for everybody to be familiar with it because the mission is so <laughs> important and so timely. Um, our company that was founded in 1855 and got into direct selling in 1868. And at the time, it was primarily a religious publishing company. And the founder wisely saw that young people that uh, maybe had some money before the Civil War certainly were not in good shape afterward and needed a way to make some above average income. He wanted to get his books distributed, so he hit on the idea of having college students sell his books. And that model that started in 1868 continues to this day. Uh, mm. The thing that differentiates us, because we've completely changed our product line from those early days, but the thing that has never, ever wavered is our commitment to building what we call character in young people. Because the college age and the years just after that are incredibly impressionable, incredibly important, fraught with peril and lots of doubt. And if we can help young people develop the skills and the resiliency, the tenacity, the grit, the communication skills, the sense of self-esteem, they're going to be able to cope with the world, whatever it throws at it. And so our mission, very simply, has been building character in young people since 1868. The direct selling model... Yes is is the test. That's the vehicle. But the mission is what really carries it. It, 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 I'm struck by your own personal experience and then what you describe as the experience of college students because I think that's something that's not uh, understood clearly enough about what young people go through when they are going to college. You know, generally it's a good experience and it's perceived as a good experience, but there are lots of myths and misunderstanding about the college experience for young people. And, and I've grown to know that indeed it is a very vulnerable time for people. So what what's your success rate been? And I don't mean your business success rate, but in meeting that mission um, of of helping young people and particularly college students at that time. Well, one of the fun things about the mission, Joe, and my colleague Matt Ross says there's no finish line. In other words, it's mm-hmm. it's never completed, and it's never as good as we wish it could be. But just since I've been involved, we've had more than 100,000 different students from countries around the world come participate in our training program. 
And we keep up with lots and lots and lots of them. And the two things that most of them say are, number one, the money was great, but I spent it all. <laughs> and number two, I'll never forget the people and the lessons that I learned. And so that's what it's about. And the college experience, even though everybody gets excited about going to college and the vast majority of high school graduates in our country do go to college, student loan debt now is approaching $1.5 trillion. The average time it takes for a student to graduate is six years from the time they enroll. And about 50% of people that enroll in freshmen don't come back as sophomores. So there are all kinds of challenges involved in the college years, even when people maybe go to an elite college or they've got a very successful background. And I think it's because, I'm not going to say the college has been oversold, but for many students, they feel like just having a degree is all they're going to need because that may be mm-hmm. the, the, the truth from 40 years ago really isn't the truth anymore. They've got to have skills that are not only marketable, but that will help them be more fulfilled. And those skills are not taught, not, well, they, they may be taught in the classroom. I don't think they're learnable in a the classroom. They've got to be learned one by one, individual by individual, with the right kind of mentorship. And that's exactly what we believe in and do. What kind of skills are those, do you think, and, and how do they relate to the direct selling experience and, more specifically, Southwestern? Well, I, I think if we look at a stick figure as sort of an analog for this, one leg would represent what we would call self-knowledge and self-awareness. And unless a person has tested themselves both through difficulties and through successes and given thought to that, they probably don't really know themselves as well as they should. The other leg would represent people knowledge. Uh, you know, most of us spend time with a few carefully selected good friends. And in college, people latch on to about 10 or 12 people and stick with them most of the way through school. And so they have personal knowledge of people that they're friends with. But in direct selling, and in my first summer, I made about 3,000 sales calls to people of all different backgrounds, stripes, different state, some that weren't native speakers of English, all kinds of things that I wasn't familiar with. And so people knowledge is only gained by spending lots of time with people of different types. One of the arms would represent flexibility, which to me is a mental state. You know, we all have preconceived notions. Uh, for example, the weatherman says it's going to be beautiful Saturday. We go out Saturday and the rain starts. We say, what? It's not supposed to be raining. <laughs> it's ruined my day. That, that lack of flexibility is more of a mental state. It's sort of clinging to something when the objective truth is it's not that way. So the ability to quickly let go of a preconceived notion when the facts prove differently is flexibility. Uh, the other arm represents resilience, and that's the actions we take in the face of this unexpected circumstance. If we think about the head, to me, it's not just thinking, it's perspective. And that people that can take the right perspective on things don't freak out as much. They realize that the highs might not be as high as they appear. The lows are definitely not as low as they appear to put in the right perspective. Uh, the heart, to me, represents a person's purpose, You know what it is that they feel like their life is for. The spine is their values, what it is they truly believe. And through direct selling, I know in my experience and thousands of others in our company, if you really pour oneself into it, you can't help but get better in all those areas. And those are the exact same skills that employers are looking for. And more than that, people that are going to be world changers are looking for. The world's changing so fast, and there's not going to be a playbook that people can pull out and say, okay, do A, B, and C, and you're good to go. The reality is these internal qualities are what are so important. You mentioned among those uh, preconceived notions that people have about their own lives and their own existence, 
uh, I'll shift it a little bit, but stay on preconceived notions. You um, also talked about some of the feedback you got when you originally explored Southwestern and direct selling as a student. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with those preconceived notions at that point, and how do you deal with the what I presume are still preconceived notions among uh, potential students who uh, who are looking at Southwestern today? Oh, absolutely. You know, very few students go to college and get their freshman orientation completed and say, my main goal is to go into door-to-door sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't occur to most people. It certainly doesn't occur to their parents. And the reality is it's not the door-to-door sales. It's what it teaches a person that's so key. For most of us, preconceived notions include things like, I'm not good at business, or I don't know how to sell, or I'm scared to talk to people. And the reality is everybody carries some of those fears to some extent. But the more they practice, the more they have some guidance and mentorship, the more they're going to move through that. Uh, When I told my parents that I wanted to go sell books for the summer, they were properly supportive, but the skepticism was palpable. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody in our family is in sales. My dad was a mathematician, and nobody understood sales. I sure didn't understand it. And I said, it's not because it's sales. It's because what I can learn and grow, and eventually if I return as a leader, people I can influence and impact as well. Plus, I really like the product. And I dig the idea of sitting down with families and kids and helping them with educational needs. So that combination of things helped me overcome my own skepticism first, my own preconceived notions, and then and then those of others. Truthfully, some of my friends were won over by the end of the summer and said, that's pretty cool. I'd like to do that with you. And a whole lot of them never changed their mind at all, even though I was mm-hmm. very successful and proud about it. So I learned as an 18 and 19-year-old, you can't change everybody's mind. In fact, you waste a lot of time trying. Just live the best life you can with the gifts you've been given, the opportunities in front of you. And don't worry quite so much about what other people are thinking. It's um, struck me over the years and with my experience with Southwestern executives um, that a lot of of your folks do, in fact, come from the field. That is, they had the experience as students. Is that true? Is is my impression correct? It is absolutely correct. Um, I sold for a total of six summers, became a sales manager. My predecessor also was on the field. His predecessor, Spencer Hayes, was also a bookman. Um, our chairman of the board, Henry Bedford, is a bookman. Our CEO, Dustin Hillis, is a bookman. We have book women in leadership positions. We have bookmen in leadership positions, not just with Southwestern Advantage, but throughout our family of companies. It's sort of the sense that unless a person has experienced the battle, it's hard to be a commander in front of the troops. So at least in Southwestern Advantage, that's, uh, that's the thread that I don't think will ever break. Tell me a little bit about what's going on today at Southwestern. Um, I know there's a Southwestern Advantage is part of, uh, of several companies, but uh, uh, what what is happening in Southwestern? Is business good? Or how are things going with the employment market being as, as uh, strong as it is and uh, the other factors and that are facing direct selling generally? Well, there are factors everywhere, aren't there, Joe? Um, yes, I couldn't be more proud of our leaders. Uh, We actually had an increase in recruitment last year of 17%. Mm. And in this market, uh, it's it's exciting to be able to to do that. And I think the reason that happened is because a lot of recommitment to people's own long-term vision for what they wanted to build and achieve and a real focus on the daily activities that help a person get there. So we're pretty excited about where we are. We had a, a good, successful selling season and already launched into recruitment for next year. Um, Product-wise, we have completely embraced 
the internet and electronic product. So the offering now is not a book product, it's a study system that has a print component that's beautiful, but also an online subscription that actually authorizes access to several proprietary websites that help from preschool kids to college prep, including parenting advice and advice for teens on the issues that are important to them. So they're ad-free, they're developed uh, with great educational content. So that way there's books, because many people still prefer to get their information from print. A lot of studies, in fact, say the retention is better off a printed page than it is off the screen. But there's also the electronics and the animations, the audios, the things that people really enjoy about online. So it's a really formidable package. And because we have college students as our sales organization, they get education. They're invested in it. They know how important it is. And they're just the best counselors to sit down with a young family or a family with high school kids and say, here's what's coming for you. And let's take a look and see if these products might help you out. So we're really delighted. We have got a great product development team unified around that mission of, of having the best possible products for families. Uh, speaking of product, uh, I'm interested in your role as CEO of Southwestern Advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, do you have a finger in content development and editorial, or is it all the sales side? Describe what your your role is, and then if you could even more specifically give us an example of what your day, day-to-day activities are like as a direct selling executive. Right. Well, on the, on the product front, it's critical to me that the people that are in leadership be deeply involved. Um, if we aren't deeply involved in ensuring that the product fulfills the mission that we have for our products, then it can drift away and you start to get cool products, but maybe they aren't quite in the mission that you want it to be. So although I've got a very talented team, a wonderful editorial director, Janet Sweet, um, terrific technology people like Katie Matter, um, I try to stay as involved as I can and always want to be updated. That said, I think the highest and best use of my time is being in the field uh, with our young recruiters, with our sales leaders, and we're we're active in about 13 countries. So Mrs. Moore and I spend an awful lot of time inside airplanes, but it gets us where we want to be, and we get a chance to interface one-to-one with some amazing young people. So a lot of my time is spent on the road, and in those meetings, it's one-to-ones, and then group meetings, and I always do an open seminar on every campus for all students on the very subjects that we're talking about here, how to prepare for a future that no one can predict. It's actually the title of the talk that I give. So when I'm in the office, we've got a great team here, dedicated people. Uh, I always say that they're self-managed because Dan's sure not around to manage them, Um, but they are self-motivated, self-directed, highly skilled, whether it's marketing folks, sales support people, our, our accounting staff, our distribution center. Uh, I think it's, it's all people that over time get the mission so strongly that we have very many long-termers here. Uh, my head of sales support has been here for more than 40 years, and she's just a dynamo and does a brilliant job of keeping that mission alive with every single person involved in supporting our salespeople. Well, uh, speaking of supporting your salespeople and the, your relationships with folks out in the field, I, I think a lot of other direct selling executives and companies would be interested in, in what it is um, beyond your history that makes Southwestern uh, of appeal to young folks because, of course, bringing in younger people, a younger demographic into the direct selling channel uh, is important and it's a challenge. We have a lot of companies mm-hmm. that have legacy sales forces, so for, so-called, who've been around for a long time. Um, and so it's a it's a it's a continuing subject of discussion. What would you recommend to them? 
I think it's so important to understand the needs and the desires of particularly young people. And this is true, of course, of all humans. But young people all want to be somebody. They all want to have an impact. They want to make a difference. They want to feel like they can be financially secure. What they don't know is how to get there. And so if we can say, tell me what your dreams are. Do you have a vision for your life? Uh, what are some things that are important to you? Let me share with you now what our program would entail. This may or may not suit you. It may not be right for you. It's very challenging, and it's not for everybody. I'm a real believer, Joe, in being so upfront in, in recruitment and disclosure, et cetera, because it doesn't help any direct selling company to have people come in and not know what it's about and then later get disgruntled and upset. So we, uh, we turn away a number of people and feel like it's important to be very upfront with that. But then if we can understand their vision and their thoughts and then share how this program can work with them and then hold their hand, particularly during the early stages, uh, to leave somebody just to flounder is, is not fair to them. So our leadership's all committed to lots of follow-up before the summer season even begins, individual training, group training, and then shadowing experiences on the, on the field as well. So they get to watch somebody who's senior actually do the work and set the example. So those are really important things and young people sure value that. They also truly value honesty and transparency. I think they have a built-in BSometer. They can they can detect it in a hurry. And so just being straight up with people uh, is really important. And if our hearts aren't right, we can't be straight up. So making sure that our hearts are right about our mission and about the people that we're trying to help, that's that's really what counts. You've been involved um, 40 years or so. How have the attitudes and the perspectives of young people uh, coming into direct selling or who might come into direct selling, how have they changed in those 40 years or have they? I, and the ones that, that join our program, Joe, they're remarkably similar over the decades. They're people that have enough internal confidence that they don't mind taking on a challenge. They, they tend to be coachable. They, in general, are taking responsibility for at least a portion, if not all, their college expenses. Um, those are commonalities that were true in my day, before my day, and all the rest. Uh, one of the, the great experiences I had last summer was holding a Sunday sales meeting in Texas, and the host was an alumnus who sold in the, in the 1960s. And he invited several other alumni. So we had people from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, and the teens who were all graduates of our program, so to speak. And they all shared their experiences and what they gained from it. And as I looked at this array of five decades of experiences, it was remarkable, other than those of us with a few more wrinkles and gray hair, how many of us have very similar characteristics and wishes and desires. So I think young people are just as hardworking, just as dedicated, just as vision-driven as they ever were. But I think there's a lot of confusion now. <clears throat> I think there's a sense of despair in some of them, you know, that the good opportunities are gone. Uh, the boom-boom decades have left us behind. And I think those are some, some real factors to deal with. <clears throat> the inequality of wealth distribution in this country is legendary. It's getting worse. And so I think that young people need to have a pathway they can become self-sufficient financially and be, be guided in that regard in a very honest and objective way. Um, I, I guess the whole approach to it for a college student is, is I tell them, look, having your own business with Southwestern Advantage while you're in college is not a guarantee you're going to graduate debt-free. But working minimum wage jobs is a guarantee you won't. 
In other words, it's about opportunity. It's about taking that chance, the calculated risk, based on internal confidence and support that they can really go forward and do well. And that's our enduring mission. It always will be. Let me broaden the topics a little bit, and I want to get to your perspective on direct selling generally in a second. But first, your challenges at Southwestern today, notwithstanding some of the good numbers that you've reported, what are the challenges and what are your challenges personally as a CEO of a direct selling company? Well, I think the biggest challenge that we continue to face, Joe, is perceptional. In other words, the perception of, of a salesperson who's knocking on somebody's door in general, in some places, in some minds, it's brilliant. It's like, of course, we love it. But other people, it's, no, that's a scam artist or there's something wrong with this. Today, with social media and neighborhood association websites and places like Nextdoor, if somebody shows up that has a car with an out-of-state license plate and they're carrying a bag, it's amazing how many people immediately post, uh-oh, there's somebody with an out-of-state license plate. They're probably planning a robbery. Mm -hmm. And it can light up an entire neighborhood. Now, we've had to learn to be very proactive with social media to help overcome that. But to me, it's heartbreaking that a really dedicated, diligent young person isn't given an opportunity to even identify themselves and explain what they're doing because of this preconceived notions and judgments that people have. So we have learned to counteract that. We teach it very specifically what to do and how to do it to help forestall some of that. Uh, but that's an ongoing challenge. Uh, I think as, as the leader of the company, the biggest challenge is always to be thinking deeply into the future, the five and ten years in the future, but at the same time stay very focused on what's got to happen today. Because if we can't get our recruiting numbers this week, what makes us think we're going to achieve our vision in five years? So mm -hmm. it's that ability to zoom out and zoom in, uh, I think, remains the enduring challenge and actually the most fun. Let's broaden, as I suggested. You sit now, thankfully, on the both the Direct Selling Association and the Direct Selling Education Foundation boards of directors, uh, and you brought in both in the currently and, and previously in your service a really acute mind uh, to some of the issues facing direct selling generally. Uh, first, how, how does Southwestern differ from some of the other companies around the table, and how is it the same? And then how are the, the challenges that face Southwestern similar or different from those that face the entire industry? Well, I think a couple of principal differences. Uh, one, we work exclusively with college and university students. Now, there are one or two other great companies in our association that do the same thing. But the majority of the companies, that's not what they do. And second, our sales methodology is cold calling door to door. And although there are other organizations that do that, there aren't very many, and there aren't very many within the DSA. So those are some uniquenesses, and we keep the door-to-door -door model, both because it works from a business standpoint, and second, it helps us to fulfill that mission of really building people. It's a hard way to build a person. It's like extreme athleticism from day one, but when they get through it, they, they do really well. For our entire association, all of our member companies, I think the biggest thing is, again, perceptional, that we sometimes are our own worst enemy we might oversell or overpromote an opportunity without really at the same time covering how hard it's going to be, how challenging it'll be, that it will take time. And in my opinion, people respond much, much better to that openness that, oh, so you want to get good at this? You want to have an income of X? Okay. Got news for you. The likelihood of that happening in the first year is almost none. 
But by year three or four, if you follow our system and our program and you put your heart into it, that's a very attainable goal. In other words, to, to lay it out that this is not about getting rich quick. In fact, for many people, it's not about getting rich at all. It's about fulfilling their lifestyle needs. It's about helping with some necessities they may have in the family. And it's about associating with people that tell them, you are a good person. You know, you've got a lot on that's happening in a good way with you. I think that's the, that's the message we've got to always remember. Direct selling is, it's a channel of distribution according to a lot of the textbooks, but it's people. It's people to people. And everybody that I know in direct selling, when you say, so what were the biggest influences for you? They don't say what, they say who. They always point mm -hmm. to a leader, a field leader, a CEO, a visionary, and say, she was the biggest influence on me. She changed my life. And the more that we can help people see that that's what this is about, in our experience, the, the, the dollars, the business, tends to follow. But if we push just for the dollars, we don't get the mission, and it can be short-lived. So that's why I think there's some meteoric successes that flame out, and uh, being in the long haul requires that deeper purpose. I, I love that, um, and that's so consistent, I think, with uh, the direction that the entire industry, certainly the association, has been taking, and, and a recognition of that. And it's always been there uh, among the responsible uh, uh, folks with, within the direct selling community. But today, even more than ever, I, I think it's it's obvious and clear that that kind of transparency, honesty, um, is the best way to succeed, and it's the right thing to do. So I'm um, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, we're almost uh, out of time. I, I told you we wouldn't go longer than half an hour, but I, I do want to ask you one more question, if I can. Of course. The future so. of, of direct selling and the future of Southwestern, um, where do you see it? I mean, it's almost an interview question, right? A job interview question. Where do you see us in five or ten years? Um, I think if we can get deeply into the human relationships, understanding people's vision, understanding their goals, and do the necessary hand-holding until they can become self-sufficient and run on their own. The future of direct selling is brighter than it's ever been. Uh, people are supposedly connected, but the reality is the connections are frequently electronic. They're not face-to-face, -face. Uh -huh. and people need face-to-face. -face. They need human contact, and they need that mentor that says, you can be somebody. You can do this. And so I think the future of direct selling has never been brighter uh, also, just from a product standpoint, we have products in our industry that are unique, that are fabulous, but they need a demonstration. They need somebody to show you how they work and what the value is. And that personal demonstration cuts through all kinds of electronic marketing clutter that's out there. I don't know what the latest studies are, but a few years ago, they said that the typical American is subject to 3,000 commercial images a day product logos, adverts, pop-ups, uh, billboards, 3,000 commercial images every single day. How do, you, how do you cut through that? Well, to me, the best way to cut through that is to stand directly in front of somebody and look them in the eye and say, let me share with you what so many people love about this product, and let me share with you what our opportunity means to so many people. Boy, that nothing cuts through the clutter like a person standing right in front of you. And so as long as we, we remember that, that that's the essence uh, then I think we're in good shape. For our company, uh, let's, let's face it, we, we're like those old college football coaches that can never get enough of just enjoying watching players grow and win. And as long as we always remember that's what it's about, then we're going to have the brightest future we've ever had. 
and populate all of our leadership ranks with people that do as I did and do as my CEO and as my chairman did and say, we're just going to stay right here for our whole career. It's it's really pretty cool. It is indeed, I, and I trust you're right on all of those. And I, I just, that is such a great observation about this ad clutter that we see, this commercial clutter, because I feel it all the time, and that number doesn't surprise me. It it does on the one hand, but when I think about it and how we are constantly bombarded through social media, mass media advertising, you name it, we see it in terms of, of being bombarded, and there's really no way to get through all of that, um, and frankly, not even to know what to trust, and uh, that mm-hmm. personal touch, that personal connection that, that we can offer as direct sellers, I think is at least at least one way and perhaps the most effective way of getting through that clutter and in fact making an impact on people because the rest of it just becomes noise uh, for, for, it has for me for sure Dan this has not been noise this has been a, a great discussion for me it's it's so good to get some of your perception perceptions uh, about the industry perspectives about um, about what's going on, what will happen in the future, and also to learn a little bit more about you personally. So I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for what you do in leading an amazing group of millions and millions of people. So best regards to you and the whole team at DSA and DSEF. Well, Dan Moore, uh, CEO of the Southwestern Advantage, thank you for joining us on the Direct Selling Association CEO and Focus podcast. Uh, we'll be coming at you soon with uh, more interviews and more discussions like this one. Dan, take care and best of luck. Thank you, Joe. Best to you. Bye-bye. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.